Well, good morning. Uh, it's Monday. Don't you just love Mondays? <laughs> it's Monday, March the 4th, and I am Susan Kent, and this is your wake-up call. So let's just begin by bringing our hearts and our voices together with our prayer of consecration. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body to you as a living sacrifice. Jesus, we belong to you. Praying in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today's entry is entitled, A Fork in the Road. Hear now the word of the Lord from 1 Kings chapter 18. I'm going to read verses 21 and 22, and then jump to read verses 30 through 39. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Then Elijah said to the people, Come here. They came to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes descended from Jacob to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Your name shall be Israel. With the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he dug a trench around it large enough to hold two seas of seed. He arranged the wood, cut the bull into pieces, and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, Fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Do it again, he said, and they did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered, and they did it a third time. The water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. At the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Now consider this. In Elijah's altar story, he is called to not only draw God's people back to faithfulness, but he also has to confront an evil king. As a prophet, Elijah had to stand up against opposition. And in this conflict, we learn the power of surrendering worry. In the book of 1 Kings, the prophet Elijah had a calling from God to speak against the unfaithful and the idolatrous king Ahab. So he set up a challenge. 
Ahab built altars to the idol Baal. And in 1 Kings chapter 1630, um, Ahab is described this way as doing more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of those before him. So at the same time, the Israelite people had become afraid and failed to stay faithful to God, allowing the Lord's altars to become torn down. However, Elijah, even in the face of a king who wanted to kill him, trusted God. He had the courage to believe in his power. And so he created a head-to-head competition with Baal. After Elijah restored the Lord's altar, he threw down the challenge flag and offered Ahab's team a handicap to make it more interesting by pouring water on the wood for the Lord's altar. And despite the added barriers, the Lord proved himself worthy of their trust as he consumed the sacrifice. So this is a long passage, I understand, but place yourself in the story. If you had been Elijah, would you have worried? Would you have been concerned about the outcome and what everyone would think if God didn't come through? How is it that Elijah surrendered the temptation to worry and was able to lean into the trust he had in God? I mean, honestly, this is a hard passage if you're Elijah. But you know, worry manifests when we play out the negative potential outcomes in our minds. Let me say that again. When we play out the negative potential outcomes, when we worry, we forget about God's past provisions, his past victories. When we worry, we allow the enemy to convince us that God is not true to his character, that he is not faithful or able to direct our future. However, when we surrender our worry, we can be like Elijah, who believed that God did it before and he can do it again. So why do you think Elijah called all the people to watch what would happen? I believe it was because Elijah knew that the people were carrying an invisible burden of worry. They had become unfaithful in their devotion to God. They had been swept up by this idolatrous culture. And the farther they went went from God, the greater the pull of the enemy on them. Elijah knew their hearts and knew that God wanted to draw them back to himself. Elijah trusted God to act because God had called them to this and he had seen the miracles of God in the past. In the same way, Jesus, he knows the worries that we carry in our hearts today. He sees us being swept up by a culture that tells us that we have to rely only on ourselves because the world is crumbling around us. He knows that we have short memories <laughs> for the blessings that we've been given and the ways that we have seen God work in our lives in the past. And the disciples, well, they were the same way too. In John chapter 14, verse 1, we see that Jesus reminded the disciples who had been a witness to many, many miracles and walk closely with them, he said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. 
So perhaps that's our goal today, to reflect on the troubles of our heart. I believe that God wants to turn your heart back to him today by reminding you of what he's done. Where have you seen God's faithfulness before? And can you lay down your worries today because of God's goodness in the past? The prayer. Lord, we know that we do not have to worry about the outcome of anything that you call us to. We only need to be obedient. Let our trust in you lead us to be bold witnesses so others can experience you. Amen. The questions. What is your biggest worry right now? And in your prayer time today, say aloud the words, The Lord, He is God. For The Awakening, I'm Susan Kent. We'll see you tomorrow. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.